This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Hill Podcast. Welcome to another episode, everybody. We have a very special guest for you guys today. Her name is someone we love. Like she's like a second mom to both of us, actually. Mm. And we really trust her with our trauma, our sadnesses, everything, <laughs> everything. So it's Candy Graves. And you guys have heard me talk about her quite a bit online and in my clinic. So Candy, welcome. We are Thank so, you. We're yeah. so happy it's to exciting. have you here. This is, it's awesome to have you on because you have been so impactful for us personally. And now to be able to introduce you to our to people is yeah. very exciting. Exactly. Thank you. And today, you guys, we're going to be talking about a very um, special subject. I might start crying just because, um, <laughs> just because we all experience trauma, and trauma always translates into pain and disease and blockages in our bodies. And I know in the past that I have spoken about the healing pyramid, and I always say nutrition is kind of the baseline. But that second tier is always stress. And a lot of people just, they, we, they can do the nutrition perfectly and they can do that for years, decades even, but they're still experiencing dis-ease and pain and all kinds of um, symptoms that are unexplained. And we want to talk about that today. We, yeah. want to, we want to talk about these feelings buried alive that never die. And that's actually the title of a book. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's not a, like a cute catchphrase I just made up on the spot. There's a book called that. And there's a lot of books on emotions and trauma. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit. So Candy, introduce yourself. Tell okay. us how you got into what, what you do and how you got into it. Okay, great. I'll just warn you though. Don't cry. <laughs> then I will. Okay. It's okay. We can edit this in post. We'll all have our cry fest and then just uh, okay. go right back in. All right. <laughs> okay. So, um, tell you what I do. Yes. Let's, let's, okay. let's start with, yeah, where yes. you are right now. Okay. So I do energy therapy, um, and I've married lots of different modalities mm -hmm. together to, um, and it's, it's so, so when people say, what do you do? It's like, oh my goodness, how do I articulate this? <laughs> because um, I really, you know, I employ so many different modalities and I can help so many different people. But essentially, um, I think the core or crux of what I'm looking at and what I do is a person's um, subconscious and that automatically is married to inner child work mm -hmm. because the subconscious is fully programmed by age seven. Yeah. And mm. so it is the family of origin that um, really kind of starts us out mm -hmm. and defines you know, who we are and what we know. All right. I want to pause you right there already because uh -huh. what you've just said can probably sound very scary to a lot of people. True. Saying you're going to yeah. go into their subconscious and mm -hmm. examine their inner child. Mm -hmm. For a lot of people, especially if they had rough childhoods, they're going, yep. no, thank you. I know. <laughs> I don't need that. And that's most people. <laughs> like and, and most that, people have had rough childhoods. Yeah. I mean, in one form or another, right? And it's all relative, but mm -hmm. I'm curious why would that be worthwhile for a person? What do they get out of it? Okay, so I'll just start with a story that um, explains that perfectly. So, okay, so I, I was born addicted to a drug addict mom, and um, 
I know that because all of these stories that surfaced around, yeah, you know, we, after you were born, we just didn't understand why you cried and screamed and writhed Mm. for a month. Wow. Because you were going through withdrawals. I was going through withdrawals. And that was your first introduction to life. Yes. And, you know, they, I guess my mom didn't communicate with the doctor Mm -hmm. what she was taking. Wow. So there you go. Um, So anyway, I, um, that's part of the story. And then when, so fast forward and I'm married and I have three little boys and like any good father or husband, they want to honor mom on mother's day. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm, I, I hated mother's day absolutely hated it. And I, you know, it got to the point where this happened year after year after year. And then it got to the point where my husband would come to me three or four days before and he'd say, "Mm, could you be nice this year? (laughs) And I would be like, Okay, this is how I explain it. Do you have you ever heard of the invasion of the body snatchers? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, old horror movie, yes. right? Aliens. Okay, it's and- that's what I felt like, and this is me explaining it to my husband. I'm like, okay, look, I can't control this thing. It's I. It's in me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I. It it just comes out, yeah. and I have no control over it. Yeah. But and I sense it, and I feel it, and I and I know it's emerging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. And I, if I could have stopped it, I would have. And that's what I told him. I'm like, oh gosh, I want nothing more than to be nice. Right. So mm-hmm. I'll just know what I'll yeah. just go away. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you know, and I know I caused my kids and my husband probably. a ton of trauma around Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. So then fast forward again, now I'm going to school and the school I happened to go to, um, you you did your own work Mm -hmm. at the same time as you're, you know, kind of going through and learning. So I had um, an event that happened to me bubble up. Mm-hmm. And I call it bubble up because it started coming into my awareness, mm-hmm. into my memory. So I had completely repressed this um, event that um, what happened was um, when I was nine, oh, by the way, when it first came up, I'm in the corner in the fetal position. Mm-hmm. Like wow. I'm a hot mess. This is in your class, right? <laughs> yes. Because oh. just few little things started mm-hmm. coming through and I'm like, Oh, not handling it. Mm -hmm. Right. So this was very, very intense. And so as I'm, um, working, so, so it started to surface like that and it was super traumatic for me. I, um, uh, what happened was, cause today I have total recall and I can talk to you about it. Like I'm reading out of a book, yeah. right? I have zero emotion. Everyone listening, she is not curled up in the fetal position <laughs> right, right now. She's, totally She's fine. very <laughs> composed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So what happened um, I, when I was nine years old um, and this sibling or my sister that was just older than me was 16. Mm-hmm. We're seven years apart. And um, my mother attempted suicide. Wow. And... Um, I helped save her life. Oh, and you don't even remember that. Well, I didn't. Now I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go into the gory details, but, um, or 
maybe I might, it's not super gory, but there's a reason why I might do that. But anyway, mm-hmm. so my sis, it was a horrible day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just horrific. And, um, so my sister said, you know, grab her feet because mm-hmm. we took her out of her bed. And so my sister had her under her armpits and I had her feet and we walked down the hall and out through the living room to the mm-hmm. front door. And my dad sat on the couch behind a newspaper. Wow. Wow. While <laughs> and he carrying out this body. Yep. And he turned the corner of his newspaper down, looked and then flipped the newspaper back. Oh my gosh. And then we walked past him out to the car, put her in the car. And essentially what had happened, she had taken so many pills that her face mm. and uh, therefore her tongue was so swollen that she wasn't getting any air. She was totally blue. Her wow. face was blue. I, It's not a pretty picture. And to reiterate, this was intentional on her part. Oh, yes. She was trying to die. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Um, my, we threw her in the back seat of the car, literally, and my sister could drive. She was 16. Wow. <laughs> and she, my sister just had told me to get in the back seat with her. And so I was on the floorboards of the car. Mm-hmm. My sister s- said, just help her. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, I don't, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And all of a sudden I just did something mm-hmm. and I don't remember thinking about it. I just did it, which is I put my hand in her mouth Mm -hmm. and I pushed her tongue down and over to one side. Wow. You were seven. No, it's nine. Nine. You're nine. You're nine. But, but still (laughs) nine year olds. Not old enough to know that. (laughs) Nine year olds Mm -hmm. don't do that, but that's what I did. Yeah. And the blue started to become a a lighter blue. (laughs) Yeah. So I just kept doing it. And now we were like 20 miles from the nearest hospital. So that's what I got to do for 20 miles. Anyway, um, here's, we should have a drum roll because the day that this happened was mother's day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. But there's a little bit more to the story. And that is, remember dad sitting on the couch? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anybody I've ever told that story to is like, oh my gosh. Okay. So we obviously have to deal with the anger that you have at your dad. And I'm like, nope. Mm -mm. Oh, it's, it's there. It's deep. (laughs) I said, no, I'm not mad at my dad. Yeah. That little nine-year-old more than anything wanted to go sit by dad. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And because I had a secret mm-hmm. <laughs> and the secret was that she actually wanted her to die that day. Oh, yeah. Because life with her was Horrible. not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had an immense amount of guilt. That was the emotion that was wow. so huge because in that moment I decided there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seriously wrong with me. Mm -hmm. No decent person wants their parent to die. So it was guilt ultimately that was, um, this driving force to this hidden, like, yes, thought. Yeah. Wow. Because I couldn't deal with the guilt. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's a really intense day to completely forget about. Yeah. Completely. 
Yeah. Wow. But that's that's how that's trauma how, yeah. works, that's right? That's how trauma yeah. works. It's too mm-hmm. much for the consciousness to really wrap its head around, so right. it doesn't. It just right. yeah. pushes it deep down. No. So then fast forward again, and now I'm a, you know, um, well, to that point, when that came up, I was probably, let me figure out how old I am now. So I was probably, you know, late 30s, early 40s when, when um, this came to the surface and I got took care of it, healed it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, um, when I, when I healed it, um, I was just so beyond amazed at, at, oh my goodness, what else is in there? Right. (laughs) But to that point, I had actually had chronic neck and neck and, uh, upper shoulder pain. Mm -hmm. And, um, energetically speaking, if there's pain in the shoulders, it's burden, mm-hmm. right? And it, and if it's in the back of our bodies, when it when pain shows up like that, and this is all energetic stuff yeah. I'm talking about, the neck has to do with, um, um, it's, you know, the, 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 the brain stems right, right there, and it's, you know. Stability and support. Sti- mm-hmm. Exactly, but it also, because it, the, my pain was in the backside of my body, it was in my past, mm-hmm. and and a lot of it was me carrying the generational, um, you know, story of addiction because yeah. mm-hmm. because I carried it into my from my family of origin and then into my own children. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's heavy. I want listeners to also understand that you don't have to have these major traumas to still like hold these negative emotions and manifest disease. What's really interesting is they did a study, a a legit study on the Holocaust survivors and Mm -hmm. their, their children and their grandchildren. And Mm -hmm. the children were like three times more likely to, uh, be diagnosed with depression than the average person and Mm -hmm. their great grandchildren or their grandchildren were the same three times more likely to have to suffer with depression. Now they didn't experience that trauma. It was their parent or their grandparent. We we talk a lot about how our nutritional choices will affect our Mm -hmm. descendants, right? Our children and our grandchildren with Pottinger's cats. It took like four generations before the cats started recovering from a bad diet in their great, great, great grandparents. Exactly. The same thing happens with emotions, with trauma, right? They, Trauma literally changes our genes, which mm-hmm. we then pass down. Mm-hmm. And so healing trauma mm-hmm. should accomplish the same thing. Exactly. It's, it's necessary to stop that pattern in its tracks and save our children and grandchildren from the same things that we've gone through and our parents went through and their parents went through. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, so now you help people release trauma. You help them release energy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a little bit because um, I know I most of you probably know this, but I used to work as a neurostructural massage therapist for like ten years, mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of people's pain, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, like, and the pain I always found was very symbolic, where it was located to the point where they would start like a new client. I'd be taking like new client intake form or whatever and asking questions. And according to where their pain was located, um, I would stop them and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I have to ask you this because it's going to change your treatment plan. Were you sexually abused or mm-hmm. have you experienced physical trauma and abuse as a child? Or, you know, it's just depending on 
which muscles were involved. I mean, there would be people that would come in with a locked jaw and I'm like, who did you recently have an argument with? You know? And they're like, I was arguing with my boss and I couldn't speak my truth. And the next day I woke up and my jaw like wouldn't open, Hmm. you know, it's like, like little things like that, you know? So, So I, just to speak to that. So, um, um, it, I was in my thirties before my sisters and I, um, I, I have a brother, but he's <laughs> 12 years older than I, and, mm. um, he is, he is so in the pattern still. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy how unconscious he is, but anyway, it, it's, it is what it is. But my sisters and I came to, it was, I was 30 before we looked at each other and said out loud, uh, mom has a problem. Wow. Mm. Right. Well, yeah. And I grew up with chronic tonsillitis. Wow. Because <laughs> you couldn't say that. I, right. There was so much I couldn't say. Mm-hmm. Right. And then just recently, you know, I have a lot going on with my thyroid in terms of nodules. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yep. That, so for me, anything in the, <laughs> in the right. throat area, I totally get it because the elephant in the room was my mom, mm-hmm. the drug addict, but, but we all just stepped over the mess mm-hmm. and didn't talk about it. Right. And it does manifest physically. It totally does. I I remember when Tristan was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, we were doing the physical, the chemical, the emotional, and we, we had to figure out, okay, why, why rectal cancer? Like, what is it about that root chakra? What what are the, what are the spiritual origins Mm -hmm. of this? Right. And and it was, I mean, it was down in my rectum for chakra. And for anyone out there who's into the chakras, that's your, kind of your connection with your tribe, your community. And as it turned out, there was an awful lot there that Mm -hmm. I had to process and that I'm still processing, Mm -hmm. but it makes perfect sense to me that that's where it started in my case. Right. But, but it was, it was a matter of like being like, okay, we, we, we recognize the disease, but why did it come? And I was like, because Mm -hmm. like you have to marry like inflammation plus energy and that creates the perfect storm for a disease. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, and I know that sounds all hooky and stuff, but you know, why do so many people have IBS, you know, and it never manifests into cancer. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying cancer is only an energetic disease. Yeah. Absolutely not. But it's normally multiple issues at the right. same time, mm-hmm. creating this dysfunction in the body where the DNA literally replicates inaccurately. And and this is important for at least two reasons. One of them being that you can do everything right, Mm -hmm. right? You can eat perfectly. You can exercise, you can whatever, do all the stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you don't address that, we'll call it the spiritual dimension of things, you may not get where you're trying to go. Right. In these cases, like in Candy's case, she could have done everything. And if she hadn't have gone into her past and really looked at what was going on there generationally, she may still be, maybe she would be dead. Who knows? She would be in a very different place though. On the other hand, uh, there are lots and lots of documented cases where just addressing the spiritual side of it was all it took. Yes. People who don't change anything else and yet they still get these amazing results because that spiritual component of what they did do was so powerful. Exactly. And we're not going to suggest that that is the case for everybody and that you can ignore your health stuff. Goodness knows, Shanique and I would never recommend, oh, just ignore your diet and go find a good shaman. Right. (laughs) But it's, we're always about the holistic health. That's the title of this podcast, right? Gutsy Holistic Health. And that means we've got to address as many of these dimensions as we can in order to heal the whole person. Well, I think it's interesting that you refer to that as 
spiritual healing because we heal on a, I call it PEMS or, you know, instead of PMS, PEMS. <laughs> what does that stand for? Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. Oh, Those mm, are the uh. four levels that we have to heal on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, in the work that I do, I do um, mainly the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. The physical mm-hmm. part of it, it's so interesting. A few years ago, I had a client and <clears throat> I said, um, my schedule's full. I'm really sorry. She goes, no, I'm sorry. Where are you going? I'm following you. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was a friend, too. Okay, so good. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So well, I'm going I'm going to the gym. I'll be on a treadmill. She says, I'm on the treadmill next to you. <laughs> and so I worked with her side by side. We were both working on a treadmill, and she got so much more out of that. I've been tempted to put two treadmills <laughs> in my office, That's great. right? Yeah. Because we added the physical component and it was just movement, yeah. but it, it really impacted her that day. Mm-hmm. That's so, so amazing. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. One of the philosophies I hold is that healing happens when we open up the right channels mm-hmm. and, and the more of these dimensions we can get aligned the more open those channels are going to be, which allows whatever it is we need to come into our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great example. When yeah. you, when you combine dimensions that way, yes. it's so much more powerful. It's yeah. synergy. Yeah, but, for sure. I want to talk about epigenetics a little bit because mm-hmm. it's really interesting to me that, um, you, you know, re, like 20 years ago, we didn't know anything about neuroplasticity. We didn't know anything about the brain growing itself, healing itself. You know, that was all just woo woo stuff. And, you know, everything like the only answers out there were drugs and chemicals. Right. Right. And now research has been showing that stress is actually way more potent. I mean, that's why there's a placebo effect, right? That's because the mental aspect is playing a massive role in these results, but they're now researching stress and epigenetics and epigenetics is basically your genetic material changing and altering because of your environment. Mm -hmm. And the biggest proponents to epigenetic uh, changes is stress and sleep. Those are two of the biggest ones. Nutrition is up there as well, but stress and sleep is definitely going to switch your genes on for disease or switch them off for disease. Yeah. And, and they can track that down now with, with how, and I put there in air quotes, advanced we are. I mean, yeah. we're, we're just barely scratching the surface of all of this. Right. You know, We're still finding answers, but there is legitimacy to healing stress, healing trauma, mm-hmm. taking care of the holistic person versus just the food. And because yep. I've had so, and you, we've all probably had clients that are like, I have the perfect diet and I'm still as sick as a dog. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, have you, and like, again, this is no advice for anyone, but you know, people that I know very well, I'm like, have you divorced your husband yet? Who's very abusive to you? <laughs> you know, like, have you, right. have as, you, as a hypothetical you, example, a hypothetical that is example, right? not a normal conversation. Or, or like, have you put up boundaries with this person that's toxic in your life? Yeah. Or have you taken back your power at your job? Like, it doesn't make any sense to work at a job that's killing you slowly yeah. and then utilizing all the money you're making from that job to try and keep yourself alive. Right. You know? And so just little scenarios like that, that I have encountered where I'm like, people, you guys don't divorce your husbands because of this podcast episode, please, <laughs> please. If you're sick, you're like, it must be my husband. It's not, I promise. <laughs> it's not. But, um, so haven't you seen that? Well, yeah. So, you know, you talk about uh, epigenetics, right? And 20 some years ago, I'd have these some men, sometimes women, left brain thinkers, right? Come in and they're like, well, I need to see, you know, I need to read a study. I need mm-hmm. to find the science behind this. And I just looked at them. 
I, I don't have that for you. I can't, I can't yeah. produce that for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So today it's very exciting because we can. Yes. And so one thing is, um, I think we could all agree the Chinese kind of know what they're doing, right? They're, they're, they're way ahead of the curve. Totally. Mm-hmm. So the epi, I, you say epigenetic, I have an epigenetic technique that mm-hmm. I use and do, do you mind if I, oh, I would, I would love for you to talk about it because that is uh, yeah. what has been so incredibly helpful for me personally. Right. So, right, right. So, um, think, you know, the Chinese are the ones that discovered or just, you know, taught us about, um, meridians, right? Mm-hmm. And, yes. and for those that don't know what a meridians are, they literally are just basically troughs of, of energy that flow throughout the body. And they, you know, health is imminent with that flowing mm-hmm. energy, right? And yep. sometimes things happen that blocks that flow of energy. Right. So keeping that in mind, um, you know, in the early days, I used to do tapping, which mm-hmm. like from head to toe was so tedious and so time consuming. And we had to hit like 50 some points or plus. Mm-hmm. So EFT, it's called Emotional Freedom Technique. And it's been around for quite some it, time. It, a lot of people listening have probably done it before, sure. right? Where you're tapping on the different points on yeah. your body while you're repeating yeah. certain phrases. It's, yeah. I mean, Johnny and I have... sure had it done before and mm-hmm. it, yeah. it can be extremely helpful, it but can it is be for sure. Yes. But it's time consuming. It is. And it, and I remember as a, as a practitioner, it, it being so tedious, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> working with a client. And, um, so then I think it was about 10 or 15 years ago. Um, there was a gentleman by the name of Robert Smith that, created what's called faster EFT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very to the point. <laughs> it, yeah, right. It literally is just that. There's mm-hmm. only four tapping points. But what he does at the end of the protocol is he has people squeeze their wrist. So now, okay, Robert's on to something now because the meridians flow through the hands. Mm-hmm. By squeezing each wrist, I feel like he was trying to utilize more of the meridians, of the meridians by doing that, mm-hmm. which is great, beautiful. I, and, and so if we were, if I was guessing early F- EFT is about 45% effective, I mm-hmm. would say in neutralizing painful memory mm-hmm. and then faster EFT kicked it up to about 65%. Mm-hmm. So great. yeah. And it's faster too. It is faster. <laughs> it's in the name. It, better <laughs> it be. must be. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, EMDR emerges right mm-hmm. around the nineties. And what does that stand for? Um, eye movement eye desensitization. I always forget the R. <laughs> <I do too. laughs> Response. But, but, but a lot of psychologists use this as well, actually. Correct. Yes. So it's not just energy workers. There's right. like, it's like yeah. studied. There's research behind EMDR yes. as well. So it, yes. it's, I don't know if it's there yet, but when I was still in the, like military world, it was really close to getting like full acceptance Mm -hmm. for, for military and VA interventions, which they require a lot of evidence-based information before they go there. So that tells you something about how great it means. Well, and so EMDR touts about an 85% effective rate, which is 
pretty significant. Really, yeah, it's really great. Na- name a drug that's that right, effective. Right, right. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and here's the thing with, and what's prohibitive about EMDR is you have to go to, you know, a, like an LCSW or, you know, specifically mm-hmm. trained mm-hmm. person that can utilize that for you. And um, it's, it's, it's actually more cost, you know, cost prohibitive mm-hmm. as well because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, I, this is just my energy. It's who I am. And mm-hmm. so modalities find me, but I'm also out seeking modalities. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, in the old days, these traumas, um, we used to refer to them as somatic markers mm-hmm. and literally they're just little, um, round nodules along neuropaths. Mm-hmm. And this is all now scientifically shown through brain mapping. They can see these little blips along a neuropath. And those somatic markers are electrically and magnetically charged. Okay. I didn't know um, what happened to me at nine years old. I did not remember that, Mm -hmm. but my body did Mm -hmm. because when my mother's day approached, you know, here it came up Mm -hmm. and it was surfacing. Mm -hmm. So this, this idea, that's what we do in energy work is we take those somatic markers slash traumas, whatever you're more comfortable calling it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't comfortable with the word trauma because they think, well, I haven't been diagnosed with PTSD. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. (laughs) It still affects your body. It's still creating discomfort and Uh dis-ease. It's trauma. It is. Also reiterating something we talked about before, the intensity of the experience Mm -hmm. does not necessarily matter. It's it's Correct. the intensity of your response to the mm-hmm. experience. Exactly. So someone with what other people would look at and say, oh, that's not that traumatic. It could be an absolute devastating event. And, and Tristan, this is why. It's because we make a decision about ourselves mm-hmm. in any given experience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I made a pretty hefty decision about myself, mm-hmm. right? Um based on <laughs> right. what had happened to me. Yeah. So it is more about that for sure. It's what, what, what did I take away from that? What did I decide it meant about mm-hmm. me and who am I because of that? So the, the um, epigenetic technique will actually, um, so I, it, it's hard for me to say this because I know people want documentation about this, but this is, so there's 122 of us on the planet. They're currently trained in this oh, dang. and we are, we have a group and you know, we're talking about this all the time. We are at about 95% effective in neutralizing painful memory with wow. this thing. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. And it, it involves just the hands with a few other little extra things attached to it, but basically the hands and that, that I think that's why, you know, we can neutralize the trauma the way that we do, because we're hitting all of the meridians where, you know, early on we were just, we hit a lot more, but it was you know, slow and tedious. And then the four plus the squeezing of the wrist with faster EFT. So you can see the progression of it mm-hmm. and how with just focusing on the hands, we're really, you know, we're cooking with gas now. That's great. <laughs> and, and, and that, that has been my experience of it. Not only is it incredibly effective, 
but it is fast. Right. I mean, it, it can kick in just like that, yes. which is not something that you usually see with therapies, Correct. right? The, the yeah. accepted therapies for trauma in the military and the VA are, you're looking at 10 to 40 sessions, depending on the situation. Correct. And that, right. that can take months and months and months, assuming that the patient or the client continues to go and the dropout rates are incredibly high in those. So what we're talking about here is you could do one session and I did, I did one session and it took me from very, very anxious down to like nothing. Yeah. In one session. I'm always so happy to hear that. (laughs) I remember when you came home and you're like, I'm doing really good. I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure you don't need to go back? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. You know, so mm-hmm. now I remember that. And I was like, wow, there's something to this because yes. Tristan was a trained psychologist, right. you know, and like, this is his world. His I, world is trying to help people deal with their, with, their stuff. With a background in meditation, right? Right. Like sure. Meditating for decades. And so mm-hmm. I was not naive to right. managing these things. And so for me to get into that anxious place in the first spot, right. that's, that was challenging, but to be able to come out of it that quickly was mind blowing. Right. So, you know, I talked about the, um, what I did for my mom in the back seat of that car. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that the visual of her face, um, it, it actually didn't surface until a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And it was something I just, you know, I didn't want to keep reliving that, that particular thing. And so, Um, It brings to mind, I have a client, I think it's been about, it's probably been two years ago that um, she was just referred. She's pretty desperate. She was about 16 months past her son's suicide. Um, She's 74 years old. Her 44 year old son um, committed suicide um, in front of her. Oh Oh my goodness. Yeah. So she watched it and- um, she didn't want to watch it anymore, as you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And so in working with her, I was about 20 minutes into the session and she stopped me and she's like, where did it go? Yeah. And I, and I asked her, what do you mean? <laughs> but I knew what she meant. <laughs> right. Sure, sure. And she just said, I, I just can't see it anymore. And I said, well, that's a good thing, right? And I had to, she's 74, right? So a little bit older and I had to kind of ease her concerns about the fact that I might be a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think that that brings up a really good conversation because, um, you know, I just talked about how the intensity of the trauma is not this external gauge, right? We don't say, well, there was this much blood, therefore your trauma is a seven or whatever. Um, There's also... There, there's other ways that trauma breaks the the laws of physics, so to speak, and mm-hmm. that it's not time bound. The the trauma will be just as alive for a person forty years down the line as it was the day after it happened. Exactly, which means that it is still very much a present thing. Yeah. But on the the really positive side of that, mm-hmm. it can go from a ten to a zero in no time at all. Right. It so doesn't let, take a slow process. Right. So let me illustrate that. So these traumas, right? Or you know, um, yeah. So let's just call it a trauma. So these yeah, traumas true. emit a frequency. <laughs> they are sending out like a beacon to the world. So case in point, um, I had a. 
a rape recovery group invite me to come in, right? And I spoke to the group. And I thought it was interesting. I found out that um, over half of those women in that room had been raped multiple times. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, wow. and it's like, it's not going to happen to me because I don't have a belief or, and I don't have a fear around it, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, we have certain experiences in our life that frame our thoughts and, and those thoughts mm-hmm. carry weight and yes. matter and they literally are sending out this frequency. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, or maybe you don't, but predators sense fear. Yeah. They know fear. They know who they can be successful with. Right, right. So we we want to change our energy, right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for that it's, reason. It's interesting. I was watching like a documentary and it, there was this lady in the documentary who was, you know, she was going to this retreat and the, the one answer she wanted at this retreat was, why do I keep attracting the same guy? You know, and it's because there's these lessons or these frequencies that you are saying that, that we put out there. And I always say where thoughts go, energy flows, right? right. And trauma tends to play, it's a, it's a big weight as far as where our thoughts are going, right? And so what you believe you achieve kind of, and even and, and on the most subconscious level as well, you know? So you might not have to think about it, but you're, you're feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I, I liked the, the visual that you kind of gave me with like the work that you do as far as, you know, you don't necessarily forget the, like when people come to you, they, you don't forget the trauma, you no. like, but the charge behind it Correct. is- is lessened so that you can function normally so that you can um, get move on with your life and not be obsessive about that energy still within you. It's like you're releasing um, a, 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 the only thing I can think of is a soda can that you've shook, shooken up. Right. Mm-hmm. And now it's all that pent up energy and you just release the cap yeah. and it's like, okay, there's still soda in there, but there's not that like that bubbliness anymore. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, this is probably a good point to give a disclaimer, which is that yes. we want to really, really <laughs> avoid giving the message that when bad things happen to you, oh, it's because yes. you brought that on no, yourself. No, no. We yeah. do not want to give that impression Correct. one bit. What we yeah. want is to help you see where you have power and the ways and the tools you have that can shift things going forward for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, and the, the way to do that is by taking accountability and responsibility. And mm-hmm. we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to figure out what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we see that all the time on the nutritional side of things. We've got mothers who come in and they've been doing the best that they knew how to do. And, mm-hmm. and they, they tried so hard, but they didn't know yet what we teach them. And as soon as we teach them, a lot of them go to a place of guilt. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been doing a and B for my children for so long. It was the opposite of what I should have been doing. It doesn't do any good, right? It doesn't, it doesn't help you to feel guilty and ashamed about what you didn't know in the past. But once you know, suddenly you are empowered and that does bring responsibility with it. Totally. But it's responsibility moving forward, not going into the past. Exactly. That is interesting. You say that because this is what I tell most clients that are dealing with that kind of thing is no mother or father, even mine Mm -hmm. (laughs) woke up in the morning and, you know, rubbed their hands together and said, gee, how can we screw up the kids? No one. Yeah. It's, and the key word in there is, 
conscious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were not con. My mom was so unconscious. There's mm-hmm. no way a conscious person could do what she did. Right. But she was doing the best she could. With, she because, totally was. Like, because she had childhood trauma. trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it, right. Like yeah. you do the best you can with what you've been given. And she couldn't function with her trauma clearly, you know? Right. So you had to live with her not functioning with her trauma. Right. And so again, it's not the blame game. It's like, oh my gosh, like we have to have empathy. Well, well, you know, yes, these people can cause a lot of pain, but there's pain everywhere. Yeah. Right. And so, so the fact that you were like, I need to heal my own trauma to, Mm -hmm. to stop this cycle and not pass it on. And I didn't know it was trauma I needed Mm -hmm. to heal. Right. I did not know that. Right. I had no clue. And you know, the experience I shared with you is just one Mm -hmm. of many. Right. (laughs) Right. You you can't live your entire life with a drug addict, you know, cause it, there's chaos that attends it. It right. just is a na- the nature of it. Wouldn't it be so cool if instead of like forcing kids to learn their ABCs by a certain point, they were learning meditation and affirmations mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, helping to retrain these young kids because no one's taught us. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like our generation is, is kind of fumbling in the dark, looking for answers because we can see, yes, we're all drowning in trauma. And, and mm-hmm. I feel like our, our generation is the first one to actually put words to it and be like, it's okay to talk about this because our parents, you don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's the elephant in the room. You don't look at it. You don't smell it. You don't, you don't mm-hmm. mention it. It's yeah. It's our, our parents' generation, your, your generation, Katie, yeah, yeah. They, they're the ones that, <laughs> walk out in the middle of a therapy session because right. it hits a nerve. Right. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, 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 we don't yeah. go there. And right. then they, they leave. Yeah. And I feel like, like us today, we we're, we're all putting words to it. We're saying this is trauma and we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. So <laughs> I think this is probably really a good point to introduce this. And that is, so you know the story that my mom was a drug addict, right? Mm-hmm. And so I watched this woman take pills for everything. Yeah. P.S. Every possible organ that she could live without was removed wow. in her lifetime. Wow. In addition to three bulged discs oh in her gosh. lower back. Mm. She was you just know, falling apart. She physically, she emotionally, really mentally. Well, and and then she died of uh, multiple myeloma, which is oh. bone cancer. Yeah, uh, the very things that support you in yeah. Yeah. your bones. Yeah. Right, that's very symbolic. Yeah, but so kind of the rest of the story, if we're using Paul Harvey, um, <laughs> <laughs> is I have three sons and two of them are drug addicts mm. in recovery. Mm-hmm. But I'm here. I, I want to make sure you understand, I feel absolutely sure yeah. that they're in recovery because yeah. of the work mama, that mama mm-hmm. said, okay, we're done. Yeah. We're yes. not doing this. We're breaking the chains <laughs> yeah, we're today. Definitely well, not it, doing you know, this. So speaking of your children and, and our generation, um, yeah. while we may be more conscious of our trauma, where we get stuck is that we literally get stuck in the trauma. Mm-hmm. We see it, we drown in it, but we don't know, we what, don't know what to, to do, do it. about it. Exactly. So we, we fester in it and we create trigger warnings everywhere, yeah. right? To protect us from being exposed to reminders of the trauma right. rather than going into it and dealing with it. Yeah. And sometimes it's used as an excuse for your behavior. Mm-hmm. And I see right. that and I just want to, you know, <laughs> to right. me, it's like chalk. Uh, fingernails on the chalkboard. I'm like, 
know. But but I, I think the issue is that we just don't know. There there's mm-hmm. not enough awareness around the healing side of it. Because mm-hmm. once again, we've all been given this narrative about health that it comes from a pill. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you have trauma and you're having a hard time with it, go get yourself an anxiolytic, go get yourself an antidepressant yeah. and that'll numb you out enough that you can continue to function, but it doesn't get you to the other mm-hmm. side of it. Mm-mm. And then we become helpless and, and broken and we continue to pass on that traumatic energy to our yeah. children. Right. Yeah. And, and all of us have seen a drug commercial. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a 60 second drug commercial with 45 seconds of side effects. The explanation yeah. of the side yeah. effects. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Note to, I'm not a rocket scientist, but mm. no, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so this is probably a good time to shift into the empowerment side of this yeah. conversation, which is what there's is only 122 of you <laughs> in the world, <laughs> which means the odds that, that any one person out there who recognizes this in themselves and wants to do something about it right. will have access to a candy graves or someone right. similar, not great odds. So yeah. what, what can we do? What, what sorts of tools are out there for yeah. us? So, well, one thing is, um, I, I do train my clients how to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it it's one of those things where, and we've, we've studied it, you know, we've watched it and we've created some, you know, um, study around it where, um, we're finding that a, a student or, a, you know, a client doing it for themselves, it's less effective. Mm-hmm. And, and that's because of the, the components of the, the technique. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, that's, that's that. I, I think there's something, by the way, very symbolic about the fact that it works better with somebody else mm, because that, yeah. that really brings in this dimension of Community. we don't, we don't heal in isolation. Right. Healing really right. is a, a cultural thing. We, we heal as a, as a tribe. Yeah. Right. Well, and you'll note too, Tristan, cause you know, I had you, I had you write down key words to events that mm-hmm. were traumatic for you. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to, tell me the story. I didn't, I didn't necessarily know what was going on Mm -hmm. and we just, we just healed the trauma. Mm -hmm. And that's another really important thing. And I think particularly with the military is you don't, you don't have Mm -hmm. to dredge it up. You do not have to tell me the details, Mm -hmm. Um, which I had one gentleman tell me, Oh, if I tell you, I'd have to kill you. And I'm like, Please I'm not don't. asking for details. <laughs> Especially <you know>. now. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't need the details. Mm-hmm. He was quite taken back by that. So, yeah. so if, if people can't see you, what other things would you recommend? Like meditation? Oh, yoga? certainly. Certainly. Now, so here's the thing with meditation. I think it's powerful. I love it. I do it myself. It's, um, most people that have some significant trauma mm-hmm. can't meditate. Yeah. Yes. They really, truly cannot do mm-hmm. it. And I'm here to tell you, because I'm living, breathing, walking proof mm-hmm. that if you go in and deal with those uglies, yeah. um, that that's that energy is neutralized. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually, um, here's, this was a great visual. Um, think about... Um, what they do to kidney stones these days with laser, right? They go yeah. in, they they just obliterate that yeah. stone and it's in a bazillion pieces and then now you can pass it, mm-hmm. right? So that's essentially what we do with the energy around traumas is um, 
what happens is it's neutralized, but it, it gets broken up. And, you know, you and I are a whole lot bigger than what we appear because we have this auric field. And I know that sounds woo-woo. So we'll call, <laughs> we'll use the quantum physics um, word, which is energy biome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's any better. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it so it just takes the pieces or the components of the trauma and don't you find this interesting that it's it's actually matter that's getting broken up, mm-hmm. not unlike the kidney stone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Because our words and our thoughts actually carry weight. Yeah. And there they there is matter to them, yeah. right? So anyway, that it gets blown out to the edge of the the biome, the mm-hmm. energy biome biome, and then from there out into the etheric world. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So other things so, people... Yeah, so what they can do. So yes, meditation is great, but if you find you're struggling with meditation, you might want to consider calling me. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so so two things here. There is such a thing as trauma-informed meditation, trauma-informed yoga, and there are people specifically trained mm-hmm. in helping you when you've got trauma involved there. So that's one really good option. True. But the other really important thing here is that candy can work with you remotely. Right. right. Yeah. People don't have to be physically in the no. room with you in order to benefit from no, this epigenetic I, technique. Right. I work with people all over on Zoom. And so, I, so that yeah. helps the efficiency aspect quite a sure. bit. Um, and and we'll make sure that we get contact information out there so sure. that people can reach out to you um, if if they think this would be helpful for them. Yeah. I mean, if you are if you're close enough to drive to me, I highly recommend that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that what I do online isn't as effective because I've mm-hmm. I've I I'm here to tell you that the, mm-hmm. the outcome is the same. Yeah. yeah. So well, here's what I can say from personal experience is that um, whether it's the same or not, there's mm-hmm. something in the brain when we are first getting started with it that it just feels more believable, which means we are more open to the the possibilities when it comes to it. So being there in person just makes it that much more likely that a person's going to be in the right mindset to right. receive right. what you have to offer, right? Yeah. What would you have to say about like affirmations and stuff? I'm a big believer in affirmations because when we were going through our trauma um, like a couple of years ago, that's all like the only thing that I honestly yeah. I feel like kept me alive was Tony listening to Tony Robbins on YouTube and like yep. my affirmations that I listen to every single day. It's so interesting that you would mention that. And this wasn't something we planned in advance. No. <laughs> you mean like this whole talk? Well, no. This, what you the just aff- set her up the for. Aff- oh, the aff- okay. Yeah, no. You, yeah. You're, you know, dun, dun, dun. No, here I am. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I developed a five-step process called beyond belief mm-hmm. and it's, it's, um, so, reprogramming the subconscious mind and I give you five steps Mm -hmm. and it's the tagline is making positive affirmations actually work. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So, which is important. Yes. Cause, because here's um, the factor there. A lot of times, um, you know, we have these, you know, think about the first of the year, right? We have these great grandiose ideas and we're going to get this and we're going to make it happen. And, you know, we decide on December 31st, yes, January 1st comes by, you know, mid-February, mm-hmm. we're waning, you know, congratulations if you made it to March, right. you're a freaking mm-hmm. rock star if right. you're into June, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. whatever. But um, so often what happens is the affirmation ultimately isn't congruent with what 
the subconscious actually yeah. believes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That and makes so sense. affirmations, I use them in a very different way. They actually work to, it's like, um, you know, the guy that comes into your house and, and, and does the smoke to, to kill the bugs. Yes. These, the bugs are all found in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. right? Because they're on, they're like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And that's what the positive affirmations do mm-hmm. uh, to the subconscious is it, it basically it moves the thoughts, brings them out uh-huh. because they, it's like, no, I can't say this one more day Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And there's, there's evidence of that. They've actually done studies yeah. showing that for people who believe the affirmations, it's incredible, yes. incredible. For right. people who don't believe it, it actually makes them yeah. decline. That's interesting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I actually started with a particular positive affirmation, and this is in this masterclass I teach on mm-hmm. that five-step process, is that... Um, I, when I first, I had a particular affirmation. I don't know what, I don't remember what the original one was, but what got, what got smoked out, if you will, was, um, the belief you're ugly. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember the first time I heard it cause I, you know, you have to become the observer of your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to be the listener and not the thinker. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I heard these words, you're ugly or you're so ugly. And I remember thinking, huh, that's interesting. And I had the thought, I wonder where that came from. And then as I became more aware of my thoughts, that phrase was happening way more often than Mm. I had, I was ever conscious of. So I, so I had, you know, I, in my process that I do, I was able to see myself as a little girl standing at the bathroom counter with my mom. And uh, we used to get ready for, I was getting ready for school. She was getting ready for work in the morning. She was a very high functioning addict, by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we stood by one another at that bathroom counter and she was saying, you're ugly. To herself? To herself. But I took it on. Mm -hmm. You know, as children, we don't. Yeah. That's what was modeled to you. If mom is standing there saying you're ugly, she's surely not talking to herself. She has to be Mm -hmm. talking to me. I always say monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I was able to, I have a different affirmation and I replaced that every time that you're ugly came up, I was able to change that. Mm -hmm. And I can't even tell you it's been a decade or more since I even had that thought it's gone. So I love affirmations, but there's why I love them. Yes. (laughs) A little Mm -hmm. twist. Yes. (laughs) And maybe like if someone is having a hard time resonating with affirmations, they, you said there's a course that, is it an online course or it's a mass, it's a master course Mm -hmm. or master class. Is it done online? Um, it it's in the process of I'm finishing it, it up to be mm-hmm. just utilized online. Yes. But right now, can people just do it in person? People or? can do it in person right now. Okay. Yeah. So, so yes to yoga, yes to meditation, oh, sure. yes to affirmations. But yep. if you are having mental blocks, if you, if they're, yep. then that's when you probably need to seek out some help to, to help you coach you through it, help you break some, some barriers yep. so that they can really, really work for you. Absolutely. That totally yep. makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. What other things can people do? Well, what do you guys I, think? I want to real quick 
sort of switch gears because this conversation we just had reminds me of parenting, mm-hmm. right? And and how we can subconsciously pass on these traumatic energy patterns to our children. Right. But that means that we can also consciously pass on healing patterns to yeah, our children. Very good point. And yeah. we do that, like that primarily by the way we talk to ourselves because they are going to see how we interact with ourselves yeah. and they're going to do the same with themselves. And more importantly, Tristan, they feel the energy mm-hmm. regardless of what you're thinking. If you're thinking something positive, they feel that energy. Totally. If you're thinking something negative, you're not even saying it to them mm-hmm. or out loud and they feel the negative energy. We see that all the time, especially yeah. like mm-hmm. when I'm having a bad day and I haven't said anything to the kids, mm-hmm. they are melting down left, right and center mm-hmm. like yes. every single time. Yeah. And they're like clawing all over me and they're like fighting each other. And I'm like, what is happening? And Tristan will always be like, it's because you're having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I'm not taking it out on them. And he's like, you don't have to do. Yep. Like they, the they can feel it. They're just yeah. little, they're, they're like, we don't, I think we come into this world like empaths, right? Mm-hmm. And then the world breaks us down and then we harden ourselves and then mm-hmm. we become very more introspective versus out and well, open. Not even introspective. We just right. keep our eyes closed right. and keep yeah. our heads down so that yeah. we can survive, right? We, yeah, totally. we, we cut off and all of our intuition in order to just keep going. Right. right. And you mentioned parenting and, you know, I did not heal because of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't care enough about myself, Mm. but I certainly cared about my boys. Yeah. 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 And so I was, I was, I was with a vengeance seeking healing because I wanted to change it for them. So when you were in your class learning all these things and healing yourself, was it guided from like your, your instructor or like, or did you feel like these were all things that you did on your own? I did. Um, so I, I have to say this. So the, the initial class is where the, the age nine memory surfaced. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not heal that immediately. Yeah. I did not heal that in that time frame, which is one of the reasons that I have been, you know, a voracious learner reader mm. and I have multiple certifications because I'm like, yeah. I get a sense for something and I think, oh, that's going to help. That will yeah. work. So um, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, is the initial thing that kind of helped surface that mm. icky memory. Um but I, I have to say that every single day after class, when that particular thing was on the, the docket, you know, and I, and it, and I visited it, um, I came, I, I came home feeling really tired, mm-hmm. but really, really good. You're, yeah. you're, ne- and I insist on this. You're never left feeling crappy. You're, mm-hmm. we will move you through it to the other side. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that there aren't layers there that are involved and, you know, some other healing that needs to take place. Yeah. Another thing is, you know, these somatic markers, these traumas in the brain, they, they get chained or linked together. Mm-hmm. And so they have intense, when, when that gets, when it gets triggered, not just one marker lights, but 10. Yeah. And so it's really, really important to get in and get after it. I, 
Can you tell? I'm a slightly passionate yeah. about it. <laughs> I love it. I As love you it should so be because I it's totally. so needed and it's such a neglected yeah. aspect of health in our society. Yeah. Well, and, sure is. and to reiterate that trauma can manifest as pain. You yeah, know, like totally. if you're, if you're healing everything chemically, but the pain is mm-hmm. still there, the dysfunction is still there. Mm-hmm. It could be linked to emotions or addiction or ad- yes. addiction. Exactly. Yeah. Like I know like all of my pains all surface when I'm stressed, all of them. Mm-hmm. It, and it doesn't matter what I eat. It doesn't matter how I sleep when I'm stressed, when I'm triggered by something I, and I have the same pains, like there's a story behind every single pain that I experience. but one is in my knee, one is by my pancreas, one is under each armpit and they mm-hmm. all will flare up at the same time because of these obsessive patterns that I had about these different body parts as we were going through our trauma. And so it's interesting that you say they all flare up at the same time. So yeah. when I, when I revert back to trauma, all of the those spaces all like flare up at the same time and they all hurt at the same time. And I'm like, okay, I realize I'm in a really bad place. I need to reel it in a little bit and um, do some meditating, do my affirmations, call candy, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So if you guys are experiencing pain, if you guys are experiencing, you know, symptoms that you've tried to heal, like, yes, that it's that saying mind over matter, right? Mm -hmm. Like the mind creates these things. It can't uncreate them too. Yeah. You know, we just have to one believe in that process Mm -hmm. and then just do it. Like find someone that can help you reprogram, retrain, re Mm -hmm. like go back to that space of well being. So a word about addiction. And so a lot of people are like, I'm not an addict. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't do drugs and alcohol. Right. We're all sugar addicts. Well, well, there's so many things that Mm -hmm. we could, that we are addicted to. Mm -hmm. And the way I define it in my mind is it's anything that we turn to outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. In, instead of going inward. Yep. There you go. And so, I mean, even if it's, you know, you veg in front of the TV and then mm-hmm. you look at the clock and you're like, oh, it's been four hours. Yep. Okay. So yep. it's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. In short, that's what an addiction is. It's just something that we go to. It's like, you know, a little girl's, you know, blankie and yep. teddy bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. it's comforting to us. Yep. The problem is you, you don't do life very well from the couch and with mm-hmm. a remote in your hand. You or know? a cell phone in your hand. Well, and, right. and, and in our generation, it really is just the it's social so, media mm-hmm. that, that plays that addiction role where mm-hmm. people will get on Instagram and scroll for hours. Sure. And it's, a, it's a distraction. Yeah. But we can be addicted to so many things. Sugar is huge, yeah. right? Caffeine is huge. Yeah. Um, just even uh, television watching, like I said, um, yeah. we can be addicted to depression, mm-hmm. addicted to it. Wow. I've never even like put those I thoughts know. together. I, I know. <laughs> That's insane. It's because, uh, so like, for example, my mom's, my mom resonated in depression and I was desperate to connect with her. Oh yeah. So I did depression mm-hmm. so that I could could feel like I, I wanted to feel her. I Mm -hmm. wanted to be connected to her. Mm -hmm. And so, and I've seen many, many that just, it's like, it becomes the story and we're addicted to whatever that storyline is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's depression. Yep. Yep. And I mean, there's that, that question that was a golden question when I was doing therapy, it was, how is this issue serving you? 
And people always go, it's not serving me. It's awful. Well, yeah, but what are some of the benefits you get because of this? And with depression, it's, well, people people treat you differently, right? They, they pay attention, especially if suicidality comes into it. Then all of a sudden people are like, well, okay, we got to stay with you. We got to help you. Right. And you may not like that there's that dynamic going on, but it's there and there are those benefits and we can definitely get hooked on those benefits. Exactly. Well said. Yep. So where do we go from here? Well, one more thing I wanted to mention, um, and you kind of hit on this, Janique, but the idea that um, someone doesn't have any conscious trauma, right? They don't have any sort of emotional pain in their history that they're aware of, Mm -hmm. but they may have these lingering health issues in spite of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Do you think, Candy, that it's worthwhile for them to do some of this inner exploration a hundred percent. Is there any risk of them opening up a can of worms though? And then mm-hmm. suddenly like, cause this is kind of what happened to me, right? I always yeah. thought I was this emotionally just so stable person, right? Johnny, like, yeah. like Tristan was always chill and calm. Yeah. And then I started doing this inner work and now I fall on the anxiety side of things, right? Yeah. And I've done a lot of work to manage yeah. that and, and things are definitely getting to a better place. But, yeah. but there is that sort of aspect of, Hey, there's no turning back. Once you look here, you've got to go all the way through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, there's one answer and it's yes. Yeah. Just, just go through it. Yeah. It, to me, to me, there's just no alternative. And I think, I think the reason for that, the, the driving force for me obviously was my kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, you know, the, <laughs> I saw my mom here on my left as, as the, you know, she, I came from her, then there's me. And then these boys came from me. It's like, okay. I knew I was the common denominator there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it wasn't my fault. I, I don't, you know, I didn't want to take a hundred percent responsibility for it, yeah. but I knew I had a part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew that I was a piece and that's because even, so I watched a drug addict do drugs. And I, I, you know, note to self, okay, not a good idea. Don't do, yeah. do drugs. So I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I end up with drug addicts. It's like, wait, mm-hmm. I, I, I need to understand that. And it's epigenetics and it has mm-hmm. to do with energy. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I love, I use this analogy. So you, so you have a pot of boiling water on the stove and you're, you know, you're cooking soup and you put these hard root vegetables into it. And then you throw seasoning into the water and the seasoning gets infused into those vegetables. Mm-hmm. They soften and now they take on, you know, the, the aspect of the seasoning. Yeah. Well, that's, I was cooked by this mother mm-hmm. <laughs> energetically and I had all of the components of that. Mm-hmm. And then I cooked my own children in, yeah. in energy mm-hmm. and in their interactions with me. Totally. That's how I passed it on. That's epigenetics. And yeah. you can't not do that. Yeah. So whether you're aware of your trauma or yes. not, it is having an effect. You and it are is, passing it on. It is rippling mm-hmm. out to the people around you. So you really yeah. have nothing to lose by looking into it other yeah. than your naivety. And so here's the thing, you know, one of my sons used the S word uh-huh. a, a bunch, uh-huh. suicide, right? And so, I mean, I had to, I had to come to grips with the fact that we could lose one or both of those kids. Um, And so 
that that's why I'm saying it's highly motivating and suicide, especially in Utah right now is just crazy off the charts. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's a huge problem. Right. And I'm, you know, it's, I want everyone to do this work. <laughs> 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 and, and not because it's hard, but because right. the rewards because are the so answer. great. Yeah. And, it's the answer. And, and this is not something that you do just for yourself. I, I think that mm-hmm. that point has come up so many times here, but it's so worthy of reiteration that we are healing as a society by doing this inner work with yep. ourselves. We owe it to each other yep. as well as to ourselves. Yeah. It's be the change, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, you guys, I hope you all learned something. Um, how, Candy, how do people find you? Um, that's a great question. Should I just, like, my website is asyouthinkyouare.com. Okay. Asyouthinkyouare.com. Yep. Spell it all out. And your Instagram? Um, it's I, I am underscore as you think you are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. Um, anything else we want to add to this? Because... Like, I feel like we've, we've thrown a lot of information at people, mm-hmm. a lot to mull mm-hmm. over. Um, just again, reiterating that it's, it, you know, we, we are spiritual beings too. Yeah. You know, we're energetic beings. Uh, sorry guys, if you can hear Satori <laughs> humming in the background, <laughs> that's just how we roll. Um, but, but it's so important that when you are looking at your healing and you're plateauing and you're saying, I'm doing everything perfect. Like mm-hmm. this is important to address these things, to address these traumas and it's okay to use the word trauma. You know, people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, that word's thrown around a lot. It, you know what? It's, it's where we're at, where we're recognizing it and we're doing something. about it's it. It's a part of our Being, makeup, mm-hmm. uh, like Being alive. like any other emotion it's there. Yep. And the degree of it doesn't matter. The fact is that it exists and exactly. you, you probably have some trauma. It, you may be dealing with it well, you may not, but the fact right. is it's there. So exactly. pretending that you don't have it or comparing your trauma to somebody else's. Oh, don't do that, right? It's not worthwhile. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You guys, so so make sure that you are actively taking care of yourselves emotionally and spiritually, mentally, all of those things, as well as the nutritional aspect too. Candy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We really great. appreciate it. Anything else you want to add? Mr. Psychologist Tristan. No, no, this no. was, this was awesome. It was so good to have you this on Candy. Really so helpful. Great. And I hope that we've got people really thinking about this topic so yeah, and totally. wondering what you can do to really go deeper inside of yourself. Think of this like exercise for your soul. Exactly. You go to the gym, even if you're not feeling weak and tired and, and whatever, yeah. right? Do this work too. strengthen exactly. your soul. It could possibly be the hardest work you ever do. Oh, <laughs> right. most definitely. Right. <laughs> unleashing, unleashing trauma, getting through it, but you have to just get through it. Don't let it scare and, you. And coming out a superhero because mm-hmm. that, that's what it mm-hmm. really comes down to. You are going to be a superhero who is creating other superheroes just by interacting with people as a healed person. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, comment, review, whatever, all those things. Share this with your friends. This episode in particular, even if you have convinced yourself that this doesn't apply to you, I guarantee you know five people who it does apply to. Send it to them. Let them hear it. Let them know about what candy does, what mm-hmm. they can do for themselves. This, this is how we, the, the answers are available. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. This is how we heal our society by healing ourselves. That's right. Right. Otherwise we just keep marinating in each other's trauma and blaming each other for it. So thanks you guys until next time. We love you. See you later.